Get ready for a no BS approach to health and fitness. This is MBS Fitness Radio. Welcome back to MBS Fitness Radio. I'm here with Ben Agner. Uh, ben has been a member of at our Cairo location for how many months now? Uh, since March. Very cool. So six, almost six months. Awesome. Uh, you're you're crossing over the uh, the half a year barrier. Yeah. Have you you've, you've hit your hundred classes? No, not yet. You haven't hit the hundred yet. I have okay. not. Okay, Ooh, so you gotta be close. Then. I'm getting close. Yeah. You gotta be really close. Okay, cool. Uh, man, tell me kind of your fitness story. Um, did you exercise or play sports when you were growing up? Yeah. So. Um, that's, that's pretty much all I did growing up. Okay. You know, I work in uh, I work in heavy manufacturing. And so a lot of the guys I work with are always talking about fixing their cars and stuff like that. I'm like, man, those are things I really wish that I could, that I could do, but I only played football okay. growing up, you know? So, uh, from a very, very young age, um, everything was just teams and sports and football and track and field. Cool. Uh, I played, I ran tracking in college. What'd you, um, what'd you run? I was a short sprinter, so, okay. you know, 55, 60, uh, 100, 200, sometimes the 400. I ran the 400 in a They have in a 55 meter? Yeah, indoor. Oh, okay. Um, okay. I, also yeah. Hurt, I also did hurdles, okay. so you got 55 hurdles. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I was, a, I was a short sprinter. I did that all the way through uh, college. And then, you know, I got got out of college, and I went into the Army. Okay. Uh, fitness is a part of life there. Did you know – like when? Did, at what point did you decide you were going to go into the army? Well, so I went to school at West Point, which is one of the military academies. Okay, so you so, were doing track at West Point. Yeah, okay, so I got right. recruited to run at West Point. I did, and then when you graduate from a place like that, you commission into right, right. the army, and that's what you do. How was yeah. that? Like, um, how was going? What was the college experience like? Going to a military academy and playing sports? Man, it was tough. Yeah. Um, you know, I had friends who played sports in college, and, you know, from everything that I could gather, my practice was every bit as long as theirs, except we had different classes that we took yeah. and different number of hours that we took, and teachers expected different things out of us. 100%. Um, I think on average, I took 25 credit hours of a, a semester. Wow. And then I also had between three and a half and four and a half hours of practice every day. So you'd wake up at, you know five o'clock in the morning you'd have formation and everything like that do breakfast and then you'd have class from seven thirty until maybe eight o'clock until three o'clock in the afternoon and then i'd have practice until seven thirty, eight o'clock at night run and grab some food go up to the room and then study you know you're like well god i got eight hours before i have to be awake again and i got like 14 hours worth of homework like what's not getting done tonight yeah well all of it? Cool, I'm going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> was there was there leniency at all as an athlete or just none? I mean, I can imagine. No, nah, I mean, everybody, I, that, it's one of those places where there's, you know, it's you're training to become a part of the military. Yeah. And so, you know, enforcing standards, things have to be kind of across the board. And so even though people have different schedules and different requirements, everybody's expected to meet expectations. Yeah. And so whether you have practice or not, um, everybody who goes to school at a place like that, they all play some type of sports, um, whether it's intramurals or it's like varsity athletics, like, you know, your NCAA, yeah. you know, folks. Um, so everybody's got some type of practice, but everybody's also got classes and homework, and you're just kind of expected to do what you're supposed Step to up. do regardless of, 
you know, what else is going on. Is there is there PT that's done outside of sports? Like is there like is there PT requirements as well? Yeah, so like you, I mean, you take the Army Physical Fitness Test at you know at West Point. You take the Army Physical Fitness Test and uh, the Naval Academy or Air Force. Yeah, like, you're doing you theirs. Know, yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, periodically you'll have you know company PT sessions and stuff yeah. like that where your whole your whole team will get together and everybody will go for a big long run and yeah. do a bunch of push ups or go for a you know ruck or something like that. Uh, so yeah, that's definitely a very important part of the lifestyle, and everybody's everybody's going to be involved in some way or another. Um, is there is there any considerations like if you have a a meet like that overlaps that at all? Like if you yeah. have like if it's like hey you have a a ruck today, you're like man I got like I got a meet tomorrow I got to run at. Yeah. So yeah, when it comes to stuff like that, yeah, for sure there are. Okay. Uh, there are like. There's a little bit of difference there. Okay. Say, so, okay, well, you know, we're doing this just for general building camaraderie and morale, uh, trying to make sure that everybody's working on the fitness at the same time. But this guy does have competition and, like, you know, he's going to have the day off. Gotcha. You okay. know, you got other things that you can do. Is there, if you're not in doing uh, varsity athletics, is there, uh, is there, like, regular PT that's, like, required of you? Yeah. Um, we had a gym facility. Um, and it's free. It's just this massive yeah. building, uh, three stories, everything from like basketball courts and like racquetball courts and like big giant gym and cardio rooms, yeah, yeah. uh, yoga rooms and stretching. I mean, like anything that you could want is inside this gym. And during any of your free time hours, uh, it's kind of an expectation that, you know, You're everybody's gonna, taking yeah. some time to go in there and get some work done. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, okay. So. What happens after West Point? You obviously commissioned to the Army. Yeah, so I went into the Army. Um, you know, ended up back at Fort Hood, uh, which is where I wanted to be. I was with the 1st Cavalry Division. Um, I was there for a total of about five five years. Um, deployed a couple of times, and, you know, after second deployment said, man, we probably need to change directions okay. a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so, and what uh, were you doing? Um, so I was a combat engineer. Okay. We did uh, a lot of route clearance patrols, okay. ordnance disposal. Um, we supported a lot of, like, you know, different types of movements through our area. Yeah. Anything that had to do with explosives and ordnance and stuff like that, we were involved in some way or another. Gotcha. So it okay. was blowing stuff up or going and trying to, like, analyze it and take it apart so it doesn't blow up. Gotcha. You know, we were, we were involved in a lot of that. Did you ever get stuff. to drive that giant thing with the... I can't remember what it's called. It's like the rotary tool that just blows up IEDs. Yeah, it's a, it's a mind roller. Okay, yeah. Um, so <laughs> that seems like the scariest job on the planet. It it can be. It definitely can be. <laughs> it's like, um, yeah, those are those are mind rollers. And uh, the about the first half of a you know um, a vehicle convoy has mine rollers and yeah. they drive on opposite sides of the road staggered from each other yeah, just to make sure that if there's something there, somebody in the front of the convoy is going to hit it. That's the point. So, like, yeah, that's the point. Your job is to hit the mine. Yeah, that's the point. But uh, the idea also is that with uh, just the way that demolitions works, uh, there's blast pressure and heat and stuff involved. That's what, that's what damages everything. So if things are far enough away and, and whatever, then when it blows up, most of the time it's big, loud, cloud of smoke, maybe some fire, but 
the worst thing that's going to happen is shockwave. Maybe you're hearing or gotcha. you get a headache or something, but everybody's physically okay. Gotcha. Not to mention we drive these giant, massive trucks that do oh. the trick for the most part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you get to drive one? Yeah, I've driven one. Okay. okay. Yeah, it's cool. There's <laughs> there's a, uh, there's so many different there are so many different uh, opportunities that you got. I was a platoon leader, and so, okay. um, you know, I'm constantly talking with my guys and trying to find ways to just experience a little bit of everything. Everybody's. I mean, I sat in a gunner's turret. And nice. I've driven. It's it's all cool. Very cool. It's cool. Um, all right. So eventually, after two years of deployment, you're like, you know, I'm looking for something different here. What'd you do? Um, I went to a hiring conference in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, it was like we went to this hotel, and there's just like a million companies that showed up, and they all had like one hotel room, and it was kind of like uh, speed dating except with companies <laughs> yeah, right. and hiring yeah. stuff. Yeah. So it's like you have this schedule, it, and you just go down the hallway. Was it for military people, or is it just open uh, the to ma- everyone? The majority of us were military transitions. Okay. It was cool. like one of those headhunter kind gotcha, of deals. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's just like every 30 minutes you're like, okay, thanks a lot. Have a nice day next. And you go yeah. to the next hotel room and, and you sit down with them. So, um, I ended up interviewing with a, with a whole bunch of really great companies. Uh, the one that kind of stuck out to me the most was the steel manufacturer called Nucor. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so, you know, I really like I really liked them, the culture and stuff like that stuff I'm interested in is very science and physics. Yeah. So that's stuff I'm interested in. And so said, hey, cool. Took a job as a process engineer, went out to Utah. They got a plant site out there and then uh, moved out here to Memphis from there. Very cool. Doing the same same company. Nice. What was um, what was that kind of your, your exercise routine once you commissioned, like once you stopped playing sports? How, how did you transition? Well, I think a lot of that was just taking knowledge and experience from like what those workouts felt like. And because you're, you don't have a regimen anymore. Right. You don't have somebody who's uh, planning out your cycles and doing all that for you. So it's just kind of, you're using your own time and you're developing your yeah. own plan to fit your own schedule and your own routine. Um, it's, I mean, it's just like being an adult, right? Yeah. Like mommy and daddy aren't here anymore. So yeah, you know, it's on you. Um, I think the majority of, of what I did, I just went into I I went into a big weights type okay. of thing. So like I was constantly in there lifting. Gotcha. Didn't really work on cardio. I was a short sprinter, so I hated cardio yeah. anyway. Um, <laughs> anything more than like sixty seconds or a minute and a half of cardio at a time is too much. So gotcha. uh, I was in there just trying to throw plates and. Did bars you keep sprinting at all, place. or you're like I'm done? You know, we did a lot of long distance running. Um, that's like a unit type of deal, mm-hmm. and so. Um, I did not spend a whole lot of time sprinting. I felt like, God, I spent enough time yeah, running up and yeah. down the street. Yeah. Um, I'm going to just get some more squats yeah, in yeah, okay. and call that good. <laughs> what, what about on deployment? Yeah, deployment's a little bit different. We actually, um, in Iraq, we had a, we were in Missoula, which is in the northern, it was the northern capital of Iraq. The fob that we were at was actually pretty well built up, and they had like this little gym facility that was already there, so we used that. Uh, but in Afghanistan, we were at this outpost, and there was not very much there. Gotcha. Uh, so we had we called it the prison, and <laughs> it's like this, you know, this concertina wire, you know, fence that just went this little perimeter. We had a giant tire in there, yeah. and like a whole bunch of random rusted shit. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, we go in there, just move things around. Yeah. It wasn't. <laughs> Oh, so janky. Yeah. Um, so we were just kind of we were just kind of trying to make ends meet. Um, we did what we could. Was there um, when you're trying to get your training 
done while you know being at war is there concerns about like being fatigued from training out in the field like how did you kind of navigate all that yeah for sure um but i think for the majority of us we spent a lot of time working out Um, And I think that there's definitely the concern about being fatigued and then also going out on patrol because you're carrying a lot of gear. It's heavy. Um, You don't ever know how far it's going to end up being and how long you're going to end up being out there. Uh, And you don't know what's going to happen along the way. And so there's always that concern, but at least you can lean on, but we're preparing physically to be able to handle, you know, what comes. Um, in addition to that, I think it was also a way for a lot of people to manage stress. Yeah, yeah. you know, you're uh, you're far away from home. You know, there's no there's no birthdays, there's no anniversaries, there's no Christmas, Thanksgiving. You know, it's like every holiday of the year. There's not that for you know one whole year's worth of it. Yeah, um, people are going on and living their lives without you. Yeah, um, you know, and every day you go out and there's just a completely different set of questions that need answered. And some days just suck worse than others. And you know, sometimes you feel all alone and the only guys you got, you know, who understand are the ones who you're with. So that's yeah. an extra reason to hang out with them. Let's go to the gym and we'll just talk about it, hang out. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's so there's a bunch of reasons, you know, why you go out and do it. I think that physical fatigue and being too tired and stuff like that is a concern. But I think we just looked at it for a whole bunch of different reasons and said it's more worth it for us to do yeah. it than not. Yeah, 100%. Um, okay, so you joined from New Corps. Yeah. Now you... <laughs> You don't have the structure of the military. Did you keep training? Yeah, I did for a little bit. Okay. Um, Were you doing the same same stuff? No, very different. Okay. Um, so we didn't have a really good, like, gym facility that was in. So I lived in North North Logan, Utah, which is where, like, Utah State is. Okay. So they had this really, really great, big, nice gym that was there, but all the athletes used it. Mm. Um, everything else was just kind of, like, if you want to do fitness, there's all these hills and mountains everywhere. You know, it's all public land out there. Gotcha. So you, guys, uh, so you didn't have access to the gym? No, I, I won't say that I didn't have access to it, but I'll say that, like, the distance I had to drive in order to go and get to it is, like, eh, it was more worth it for me and my wife, Britt, to just go and we take our dog and go walk up, you know, to yeah, the yeah. ridge and go hang out on the side of the mountain and look at the yeah, view. Yeah. Uh, so we did stuff like uh, like that a lot. Okay. Um we did that whenever we had time, but it was a new job, and, yeah. and it was my first time doing a job outside the Army. There wasn't the schedule that somebody was making me do anymore, so uh, I chose to try and really dive into that and take that really seriously. Yeah. Um, I didn't have as much free time uh, as I you know, pro- probably would have liked better, yeah. um, but I also didn't use my free time near as well. You know, I got like four herniated discs in my back from you know whether you want to call it track or the Army or whatever. Um, I got nerve blocks and stuff like that and was doing PT and yeah. put all this together and just said, man, you know what? My back just hurts. I'm just going to take a little bit of time off yeah. and just see if it feels better. Well, then, you know, fast forward, you know, five years and here I am in Memphis. Get out of the shower, look at myself in the mirror like, man, you're a piece of shit. You just are. You're just in terrible shape. So you just like kind of just slowly kind of fell out of the rhythm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, things – you know, over a five-year period, it's still amazing to think how fast stuff can still move. Um, you know, we had we had two kids. We moved from Utah to Memphis for yep. different jobs. 
you know, my wife, Britt, she went from being in college, getting an education degree to, you know, starting to teach in the area. So there's, there were a lot of different things yeah. that were constantly moving over that period. Yeah. And there was a lot more reason in my own head anyway, for doing anything other than yeah. trying to stay, you know, in, in gym shape, trying to stay in the gym and work out and, yeah. you know, keep up with my fitness. I think there's a lesson I'll learn, learn there is like, I, I try to encourage people. I'm like, I know it's hard now, but it doesn't get easier. Like yeah. once you have, once you get married and have kids, it doesn't get easier. It gets significantly harder. And like, it's worse than those habits now and trying to maintaining them versus trying to establish them later in life when like your schedule and responsibilities are crazy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> it would have been so much easier if I'd just been maintaining this entire time. And then all of a sudden it's like jumping into the deep freezing water. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I agree a hundred percent, you know, but for me, that was all a forcing function too, though. Yeah, yeah. Like I hit, I hit a wall. There was like this, there was this line in the sand where in my own mind, you know, internally, I just felt like, I'm making bad decisions. I need to stop today. Yeah. You kind of like had to go enough in one direction to kind of realize this is the wrong way. This is too <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah, this is not This is not what I was, you know, this is not how I was born to be. Do you remember that moment? Yeah. I mean, literally, like, I opened up the shower door, and then I've got my, my little vanity mirror with my sink and stuff right in front of the door. I just looked at myself in the mirror and was like, you, f- you <laughs> suck. <laughs> You're, you're so sloppy looking, yeah. you know, just, and then, you know, I just, <laughs> it's probably only 45 seconds or a minute, but like in this little window of time, you know, there were so many thoughts that went through my head, you know, things that I'm so disappointed about that I never wanted to admit to my own self. Yeah. You know, it was exhausting for me to go and play with my kids at the park. Yep. You know, it's in the summertime and my kids want to go to the pool and I really don't want to take them because I don't want to be, you know... <laughs> Well, I take the dad bod. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, I'm not trying to. I'm, I'm trying to rock the dad bod in yeah. front of all my neighbors. Um, you know, just all these different things. Like I, I, I'm not doing enough around the house to help my wife. I'm, I'm forcing my wife to do too much stuff. You know, like gosh, I gotta make, I gotta make some sort of change. Like I am doing all of the wrong things. Like my life just doesn't feel right and it was like for the first time in a very long time that I kind of came to this realization all at once that I had to like you know find a way to go back to something that I was comfortable with that I was successful with before and anything that I had done recently just didn't feel like it it just felt like I was going through the motions gotcha so yeah 45 seconds to do all that and just crush my own soul (laughs) um and then you know like uh a guy I worked with uh, Cameron Smith. Okay. Yeah, he, yeah. uh, he worked out out here. Yeah. And so, um, I got on Google and was like, I'm going to look up gyms in the area and figure out what I can, you know, what, what's out there. And I saw MBS and I was like, all right, cool. This already seems to like make some kind of sense. It's CrossFit. Uh, it's a name that I recognize. I didn't realize it did CrossFit because when I talked with Cameron about it, it was like strong man stuff yeah, that yeah. he was doing. Um, so I was like, cool. Had I'll you done this. CrossFit before? I had, okay. um, in 2012, 13, you know, like in the military, we got certifications and stuff ah, okay. like that gotcha. um, to do like CrossFit. And I did some co- some like light coaching and stuff like that at a okay. box down there. Very cool. Um, that was at your, um, at Fort Hood? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so yeah, th- um, 
I just decided, well, it's the thing I like most about CrossFit was the community. Yeah. And so it was like, cool, accountability in the community and people. I like people. I like to jack my jaw a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's perfect. Let's go do it. Let's try it. Let's just try. Uh, so, you know, I scheduled my, um, your NSI. Yeah. My yeah. NSI and then sat with Cakey and was just like, all right, well then here we go. You don't write, write yep. on. Showed up and just said, just do everything that you can do. Okay. So how was, how was the kickstart for you? Like, what were you surprised about? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I giggle because I, <laughs> I know the process. <laughs> ah, it's so brutal. Um, you know, I played competitive sports. I was, I was, uh, I was a college athlete. <laughs> you know, and then I go back to these kickstarts, and it's just like, and I'm familiar with all of the movements, I'm and the exercises. Uh, I'm also familiar with what the weights used to feel like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they're going through the kickstarts and you're just like, well, I'm so far away. Oh gosh. Um, I'm like so a, disappointed in myself. Well, like now that you're a kickstart coach, like yeah, the, uh, you probably say like, there's a running joke of like, don't make them puke on day one. Yeah. Because on day one, there's like a 20 squats it's in a, a minute. It's the air squats. And like it, yep. it kills people. Yeah, for sure. And people are like, like, like you, you kind of feel silly warning people. You're like, hey, look, okay, like you're about to do 20 squats in a minute, and like this gets people. Yeah. So, like, if you're feeling rough, like you can stop or you can keep pushing, but like be aware that this is going to kind of hurt a little bit. And people are like, 20 squats, like, that, like I got this, bro. <laughs> and then, like, literally, <laughs> they're in the bathroom, <laughs> you know, and you're like, Crap. Like the goal is not to make anyone puke. You right. Know? Yeah. <laughs> it just seems to happen. But then it happens. Yeah. Um, so that didn't happen. That didn't happen with me per se. Um, you know, I, I ran track in college. So I was just kind of like, ah, you know, I felt, I felt fine. I will say I was talking with Jeremiah about uh, something on the bike and we were working on aerobic fitness and he gave me this thing to try out on the bike. And um, it was my second 10 minute bike. And, text him afterward like screw you pal <laughs> like that's the first time <laughs> yeah that's the first time i've thrown up doing something <laughs> leg related in a very 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 you know long time yeah. <laughs> take anything jeremiah gives you to try at the greatest thought it's, so it's going to be rough it's going to be it's probably gonna be the worst thing you've ever done yeah all right cool um well like what what do you think about kind of joining MBS and going through that, that experience, like how has that helped you kind of get back on track? What have been the kind of the key features? Man, it's like fitness. Fitness is a lifestyle, not just because it's a set of choices you make to go to the gym and then a set of results you get back from the gym. Uh, but there are like health benefits that are associated with working on your fitness and just, you know, going to the gym and doing this type of stuff. Um, you know, for me, what that equated to was, you know, I was coming and spending more time in the gym, so I'm getting in better shape and, you know, this and that. But I also had a whole lot better energy level. Yeah. You know, I'm sleeping better. Um, when I get home, it's like, you know, sometimes I just can't sit on my butt for five minutes. I have to be doing something. Yeah. You know, it's all, the, it's all the things that, you know, me and my wife share. If she's at work, now I'm trying to take care of all of it. And she comes home and there's nothing for her to do yeah. then, you know, whatever we got to do with the kids and yeah. put them down for the night. Um, 
You feel like it's kind of like elevated your ability to like be an active father, an active husband. Absolutely. You, you've got a, a higher capacity. So now you, you like the way I, I, the analogy I use is it's kind of like a pitcher of water. And so like you, you got to pour this water out every day. And, you know, a lot of people, they, they pour a lot, all this water out, you know, for work and they get home and they're trying to pour a little, uh, what's little left out for family and they got an empty pitcher every day. And then when I'm like, okay, yeah, but you need to exercise. They're like, bro, I don't have any more water left to give. And it, the, the statement I make is like, exercise isn't more water. It's a bigger pitcher. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's, and, and I would say that that analogy rings pretty, pretty true for me too. Uh, that's about what it feels like. Yeah. I got a bigger picture to fill up with more water. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, I, I can, so I'm focusing on things a lot differently, both at home and at work. Um, my outlook on things is a lot more generally positive about anything, whether it's something I feel like doing or just like whatever the honeydew list and how much yeah. I don't feel like doing, you know, something my wife wants me to take care of at the house, you know, whatever I'm, I'm so much more up for, for all of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and being involved in so many more, you know, ways, you know, it's a good, it's a good feeling, but it's also helpful for, you know, the rest of my family, 100%. um, helps me with the relationships I've got with my kids and it helps me with the relationship I've got with my wife, helps us check boxes for things that need to get done in life in general. Yeah. Um, and then it also helps us, you know, focus on, you know, working on things like our own relationship instead of just trying to put out the fires and all the superficial stuff that goes on from day to day. Now we're able to like sit and have conversations where, you know, we're like going back into our own relationship yeah. and, and work on that type of stuff. And that's all just from choosing to come back to the gym, man. Yeah, it's that's crazy. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, you got to, when you like improve your, basically improve your, your resiliency, you're comp uh, improving your capacity for for stress you're, yeah. you're improving your capacity for um for positivity and so like like there's a the 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 hardest thing that you possibly experienced that day was like being out of breath at the gym right? yeah and so then everything else kind of falls into a clearer picture then you know what i mean and you just get better at handling it so that the things that might have stressed you out or like worn you out beforehand, like what your mortgage is doing, you have a greater capacity. They don't have as much of an impact. Right. Know? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's just so funny. It's like the whole, the, the whole past, like five, five and a half months or whatever that I've been with MBS has just been like revelation after revelation after revelation. It's just like, there's more and more stuff that I just continue to realize has changed and improved. Uh, just as a result of making different decisions and getting back involved in this type of, you know, effort and community and yeah. all this and that, everything's getting better. What uh, what do you not like about the fitness industry? Man, I think, you know, I was talking with, you know, Jeremiah and, and Jesse and, um, and Chris Garner about this the other day. You know, it was... Um, I think stuff like the leaderboard, for example, that we use, um, everybody's got an example of a leaderboard. And it's ways to, you know, kind of put yourself against all the competition that's out there, yeah. you know. Um, I think it's a useful tool, but it's kind of like a scale, yeah. right? So you step on the scale, scale tells you a number. Uh, you choose what you want to think after you see the number, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right? Um, but that number doesn't give you the entire picture. Yeah. 
Um, same thing with, you know, working out. So like our leaderboard, for example, that we use, I look at it constantly. Like I'm always interested in where I'm at compared to everybody else. And I'm always trying to do the best I can. Um, but there are always going to be times where I look at the number that I put on there and say, but that wasn't the best, that wasn't the best version of that number that I could have generated yeah. today. I cared more about getting a bigger number to put on the board than I did about the way that I got the number on the board. Yeah. Um, my number should have been less if I had done it the right way, but I didn't. Uh, I think that's a big problem in the in the fitness community because it's like I said, it's a lifestyle thing. You know, I think we both agree that this is a long term type of commitment and investment. And if we're looking at it as such, then it needs to be something that you invest in that gives you returns for the rest of your life, yeah. right? And so the form and the movement, the tech, the technique. Um, you know, that all has to be there before you progress to the next. And the level method is really great because, you know, it really forces coaches to try and emphasize that and athletes to try and understand and develop a certain way. Uh, but I think in general, the fitness community gets really carried away uh, focusing on, you know, like all the influencers that are out there, you know, all the stories about, you know, like your companies like Gymshark and whatever that are promoting all of like, you know, the sexiest, biggest, most unbelievable, you know, athletes and muscles yeah. you've ever seen in your life is just ridiculous um that's not achievable for most people um it's not it's not even achievable for a lot of the people who who you see doing it because they're not even doing it naturally yeah <laughs> uh, so this is so this is something that that i think is is has to be an honest investment on the part yeah. of the athlete um i think it has to be taken really seriously and there are lots of reasons to buy into the gimmicks and the marketing side of how that that business machine moves yeah um i don't necessarily agree with all of it but yeah i, th I think that's you know the biggest problem is like the superficial what do you see and people get jealous and trying to chase after unrealistic stuff yeah that's a good a good um a good point i, th I look at it like it's hard to have it's hard to have long-term perspective when you have zero experience i mean like You've been, if you've trained for a decade or two, like, it's easy to kind of go like, okay, well, over the next five years, like, this is kind of what I, or next 10 years, I'm going to kind of project out 30 years. Like, it's somewhat easy to do that, but, like, if you've never trained at all, like, me asking you, like, what do you want to look, the next 30 years look like? You're like, well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So then, then the kind of, so then your, your, your focus just um, is forced to be much more narrow, and then, so from a marketing standpoint, it's like, well, I can, I can target that focus. Right. Right. And so, and, and I, I think it's, it's worth, I mean, you want to build momentum. So you want to kind of set short term goals, you know, make progress, build that momentum and can kind of keep it going. <clears throat> but then you have a lot of marketing that's just completely focused on only short-term goals and so what you end up having is sacrificing long-term consistency um and long-term health and fitness for like these short-term goals and um and like one one of my ways i like to phrase it was like what's the longest period of time that you've consistently trained and eaten well without taking you know more than a week off for vacation and for most people it's we're talking weeks maybe months and occasionally years but the true goal is decades right yeah like we're trying to go like ideally the answer would be how older am i i'm 60 so 60 years now that would be the ultimate goal and that that where you started exercising as a, as a child and continued through maybe that's not the case for everyone but um 
like understanding that the goal is to get to decades of consistency, then you kind of have to have a, a larger picture and say, yeah. I'm not going to, y- yes, you could do this crazy weight loss sprint here for the next three months and you would probably hit it. But you've done that multiple times in the past, and yet here we are back in the exact same spot. Yeah. I mean, at some point, <laughs> yeah, you're right. It comes down to responsible decision-making and commitment um, to taking care of your investment. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Um, and if you choose to take – I mean, look, everybody's different. There are some people who just don't care about it at all, and fine. You know, like you live your own life. It's not, it's not necessarily, I, I did that for a little while. And one day I had this epiphany and just, it made me the yeah. most depressed I've ever been for five seconds. I think it's a bad um, choice, but you can make the choice. Yeah, for sure. So everybody's, <laughs> everybody's different, you know, but I think, you know, one way to look at it too would be like, um, you know, you say, what's the longest period of time that you've been without having to, you know, cheat for like a week or something like yeah. that? What if what if the goal would be to get everybody to have a mindset where there's no such thing as like a cheat week? This is just the way you live your life, yeah. right? Like you find a way to enjoy doing all the healthy things to a point where like you don't have any desire to do anything unhealthy because for you, you're perfectly happy and content yeah. doing the healthy stuff. Yeah, be like uh, maybe the, you could reverse the question and say like, how long do you want to be healthy and happy? Yeah, sure. Okay, you know, like, do you like being healthy and happy for six weeks or would you like to be healthy and happy for 60 years? Yeah, sure. Those are two different approaches we need to take. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And, um, I've got kind of a, a series of posts kind of going in my, in my head that I, I haven't, like, I haven't released yet, but, uh, with the, uh, the whole idea of like physique versus performance and, um, unfortunately we tend to, zone in and highlight physique yeah but but people would be so much better off if they realize like physique is a byproduct of performance yeah it is the it is the end result not the main focus and if you focus on performance physique will come and you'll get both but if you focus on physique there's a likelihood that you will burn out not be able to maintain it and then even if you do hit it your performance will actually still suffer and you will be, you will still be unhealthy and unfit like in the long run. Yeah. I think a, a lot of people are, I don't know that everybody also realizes that physique is also a byproduct of genetics. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, and you know, there are different body types and sometimes the physique that you're chasing and the, the performance that you're chasing is something that's not a, it is not physically possible for you to achieve because you are a completely different body type. <coughs> this lies, Ben's. I'm, I'm, I'm still holding out for my calves to grow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I always wanted to. I was a short spinner, so I always wanted to have like those real tight little ball calves yeah. right up underneath my knees. Yeah. Uh, always had those really big fat ham yeah. hocks on the back <laughs> of my legs, and just. Man, it's like, I'm just not doing calf raises, right? That has yeah. to be what it is. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's exactly that's exactly right, though. Yeah. That's what I'm saying is um, you chase performance because performance is the lifestyle choice that gets you the, the return yeah. of being physically fit and able to make it through life. Yeah. Uh, the physique is just something that comes with it. But it's going to come in it, it. It may come in the, exactly the form that you want. It may be something different. It yeah. will come. But well, yeah, yeah. The, like the physique change across every human's somewhat the same and then you're going to build muscle lose body fat yeah i mean now where that muscle gets built 
where that body fat comes down from. Yeah. What different people can maintain. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a zone. I mean, like, to sit there and be like, well, I'm just genetically made to be 45% body fat. Like, nah, that's not true. But that, Right. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, the reality is, like, we are all structured different. You have yeah. pretty good control over uh, – I mean, perf- performance improvements are objective. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, we can, like, we can literally measure that and say this is appropriate, this is inappropriate, this is the progress you're making. We can see it and, 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 and track it and, and create – you know, we know – we can do that a little bit with physique. I mean, we can measure body fat percentages and we can measure um, muscle mass. We can measure weight. And they're, they're, they're good data points, but but no one's goal. Like, you're not walking around with your percent body fat, like, over your head, like yeah. the Sims or something. Right. It's like physique is purely how do I think I look to other people. Sure. That that's just a recipe for for unhappiness. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, like if I if I have it to be my goal in life to you know look like I don't know George Clooney. Yeah, like I'm gonna be depressed literally for every day that that I'm alive because I'm just not gonna be able to get there. Right, you're not gonna look um, like George Clooney. But if I just say, hey, look, I I need to build confidence in myself, and that's another thing that that working out is good for is just helping you build confidence in yeah. your in yourself. Um, and I then think that's s- the power of the objective data. It's like, you're like yeah. I squatted 20 more pounds. It's hard to be like, I look better. I mean, like you kind of do, but then you're like, eh, maybe, it, you know, it's so subjective. Right. It just gives you something else to be, to be confident in. Yeah. And, and the more confident you are about the things that you're achieving, uh, the less you lean and rely on the external stuff and the yeah. comparisons and whatever. You know, like when, when you happen to be a guy who could throw a number on the board and it's always on the top no matter what, that's – a lot of times a guy who doesn't even care if the number goes on the board in the first place because <laughs> they're just happy being where they're at. They just are, they just have gotten to the point where they're literally always the best, Jeremiah Parvin. Yeah. And so um, – Well, that's like um, the one thing that, that Hoppy and I have talked about is like, is like I try not to look at the leaderboard until yeah. I've done the workout. I, yeah. I, I'm like, let me – we've got a couple reasons. Like, one, I don't want to be influenced to push myself beyond – like, look, on most days, if I was like, okay, live or die, I, I, I got to give it 100. I'm going to give my actual 100%. Yeah. Yeah, you could beat most people, right? Yep. But then I can't function tomorrow. <laughs> I'm not going to go home and die. I can't do the rest of my day. So it's like, yeah. Uh, I try, like, like let, me, let me not be influenced by outside things and let me just get the workout I needed to get and like have a good workout today. Yeah. But that I had to like get to that point and, 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 and kind of like be more focused internally than externally, if that makes sense. Yeah. hundred percent. It does. Um, because I'm still kind of going through that transition myself, yeah. you know, um, going from a place where I wouldn't necessarily call myself sedentary coming in. Um, but it had been a very long time since I had really done like the fitness gig. Yeah. Um, and then having made so many improvements, I, mean, I think it's been five months. And I've lost, you know, like just gross pounds is like 20 pounds yeah. or something like that. A bunch, you know, probably 20 or so has been f- fat. Yeah. And then I've gained a handful of pounds of, you know, muscle. I've watched my body 
change yeah. and, and get more lean. I've watched the numbers and the repetitions and the weights and the times all improve, yeah. you know. So, like, constantly in my head, I'm trying to digest and figure out, you know, what do I get obsessed about? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's difficult sometimes for me to bring myself back to just being obsessed about staying consistent, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, all the other stuff is just kind of um, icing on the cake, yeah, yeah. you know, but stay obsessed about, you know, being focused and consistent and going in and just busting your butt in the gym. The results are cool, but, you know. It's that healthy balance. It's like, yeah, it, you know, I do think it's worth – it's knowing what you need in that moment. There are times where you're like, I need a little – I need a little push. I need a little competition. When yeah. it's so and so good, I'm gonna try to push myself here. Yeah. And there's times you need where like having the self awareness of being like, I just I need to be I need to focus on myself and not be focused yeah, on Yeah, and that's something that I that I'm trying to learn a lot about too, because it's like the only gear that I ever really knew, even when I was, you know, competitive. The only gear I ever knew was whatever the top <laughs> gear is. Is it was either zero miles an hour yeah. or a hundred miles an hour. Um, and getting into all this Again, it's just like, man, I can't do. If I do 100 miles an hour, I'm going to last one round, yeah. and I'm going to sit here, and everybody's going to watch me cry for the next 15 <laughs> minutes while I'm trying to figure out how to, like, get this bar off the ground. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I've been talking a lot with some of the guys, you know, like Hoppy and them about, yeah. you know, breathing and trying to – I talked with you about yeah. it, you know, last week or two weeks ago, um, trying to find your 80%. Yeah. And stay at 80%. You know, today was the first day that I actually, coincidentally, I was the first day that I actually felt like I was able to do that. And I, I don't know that I'll ever be able to do it again because that was very difficult. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, being able to, to focus on it a little bit different way and, and say it's not about me feeling like I'm trying to tip the scales and force it to happen. Yeah. Um, I need to find a way to kind of like, I guess, lean – just kind of, oh, gosh, I don't know the right way to, how am I trying to say this? Um, kind of let it just handle itself. Yeah, like be patient, you know? let the results come. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm trying to say. Okay. It's like, uh, it's that, again, having that kind of long-term approach. Like, I could I could push this now, but I, I'm kind of leaning on potentially getting hurt or burnout or something like that. So, but it, I can still get there, but it may take, 25% longer, but it's it's safer, it's more guaranteed, it's more yeah. sustainable, you know, all those. <clears throat> but, it, you know, it, 100%, you're, you're, when you're a competitive person, especially if you've got a history as an athlete, it, that's hard. <laughs> yeah, it's impossible. <laughs> um, what are your kind of like, so now, <clears throat> how's you kind of back in, uh, back into everything, like, what's your next goal? Honestly, I mean, I'm, I'm a very goal-oriented person, um, and I think it's actually kind of interesting because where I'm at right now, it feels like I've already achieved my goal, but my next goal would be a different version of the same goal. Okay. Um, because if it, could make, if it could make sense, it feels like my goal was, you know, the ceiling. And then, but that was because in my head, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to reach it or not. Yeah. You know? And then I did, and it's just like, okay, well, you know, what's the next goal? Um, you know, I talked with Jesse about, you know, my diet and everything like that and, you know, trying to lean up some more and achieving some more nutrition-related goals. Yeah. Um, I've got some, like, strength goals and things. I mean, I, at, you know, for, like, our level method, by, by this time next year, I want to be black and red yeah. and everything. Nice. Um, what's, your li what's your limiting level? Like, what's your lowest level currently? I've got three that are purple three. 
Which ones? Um, God, you had to ask me, didn't you? <laughs> um, I'm not like. It's the squat. I think the squat, and it's not necessarily because because I can't do them. It's about I haven't. I just haven't done them. Yeah, haven't done. So them lactic either. tolerance, upper, lower endurance, and neuro and core. Oh, What's that's right, Annie. I need okay. to do Annie again. Um, Annie can kiss my ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I first started, so it's only been like five, five and a half months, yeah. and there's so much leveling up that you have to do, and yeah. like there are the double bars everywhere. It's taken me a very long time to like progress yeah, yeah, through yeah. all of the, you know, yeah. different stages yeah. to get to where I'm at. Yeah. Yeah, my mine is flexibility, and I'm like, I got I'm brown flexibility, and like I'm so far off the black belt flexibility <laughs> stuff, and like I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna let flexibility be my 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 limiter and keep me from getting red. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this every night. So like, probably for the last three weeks, I've been doing the the black flexibility tests. Every night, just holding each position for two minutes. Yeah, I'm like, I can tell I'm getting better at this. And then I like went to do the, <laughs> the, um, the the hip uh, extra rotation, and like you're supposed to be there two inches. I'm like, I'm at like twelve <laughs> inches. Oh shit! Like, <laughs> I was like, I must have been at like fourteen. I was like, yeah, I got pretty good. I got two more inches. I'm like, I got ten inches to go. God, yeah, that's the one. I'm like, I'm gonna try, but. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I talked to a couple of people about flexibility. Um, they're like, yep, this is pretty much as far as I'm going to get. Like, the one area I'm never going to be able to get past this point. Like, I was like, I'm going to give it my best. To touch right? my hands yeah. together. I'm not, you know. not going to miss it from lack of trying, but yeah. I may miss it from just lack of genetics. <laughs> At that, I'll have to be okay with yeah, that. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but it's, it's kind of funny that you say that, you know, I'm not going to get it for a lack of trying, you know, that's, that's something that I've, I've said a lot, my whole, you know, my whole life yeah. is like, you'll never fault me for a lack of effort. Yeah. You know, if I mess something up or make bad decisions or if something gets screwed, um, it was never because I wasn't trying. And yeah. That's like probably the most important part <laughs> about all this that goes on is no matter how bad I crash and burn or like any bad decision I make here and there, like the effort is always going to be there. Yeah. And as long as I stay focused, um, I'll always be able to correct and get back on the path. You know, I think that's a good lesson. I mean, like, like I don't mind failing. Yeah. Like that's right. actually a good thing. Otherwise I never learn anything, For sure. <clears throat> you know, but, but, uh, I do mind not giving my best effort. Cause then you don't really know. Yeah. Like if you, if you half ass it, you don't know what adjustment to make to get better. I mean, yeah. you do. It's just to work harder, but there, you can't really learn lessons from not giving it your best. Man, you know, you're going to get me on this David Goggins thing. <laughs> you know, I'm, <laughs> if you don't mind the, the, the abusive language that he sometimes <laughs> can use, you know, David Goggins is, he's obviously a motivational speaker, but his mentality yeah. um, is just kind of unrivaled. Like yeah. his mental psychological toughness is just out of control. Yeah. Um, and his, his perspective on things is kind of exactly like, you know, what you're saying, you know, the only way to figure out what you're really capable of is to go out there and spend time suffering. Yeah. And then when you think, when you think that you finally reach the point where you can't suffer anymore, do some more. <laughs> and then when you think that you're done just a little bit more, and then when you, th you're pretty sure it's, you're just going to die. All of a sudden the light turns on and you realize that, 
you've been able to do this the whole time. You just never allowed yourself to. Yeah. Um, and so the, the human psyche is such an important part of all this. And I think that, you know, even through working out and stuff, I talked about all the other, the other life related benefits of working out, but you know, really and truly, I think the psyche and, and the mental benefits that come with it are just as important as everything else. Uh, it kind of drives your decision-making and your focus on these other aspects. So helps you put things in perspective, stay focused, stay driven, and then, you know, talk your way into, continuing to push and try and make things better no matter what the circumstances look like, feel like, whatever. I love it, man. Yeah. Let's end it on that. All right, cool. All right, Ben, thanks for coming on, brother. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, NBS Fitness Radio out. Thank you for listening to NBS Fitness Radio. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends, follow us on social media, and check out our website at www.nbsfitness.net. Hit the subscribe button and tune in next time for more NBS Fitness Radio.